Well, again, good morning. We have been having a wonderful awesome and now leading on into winter. And uh, today again is a sunny day. A bit colder but still amazing for this time of year. I think the birds outside have not realised that it is still winter and they think it's the spring has come. A lot of bird song in the last couple of days. And so we're going to once again come and speak about Jude and the message he has left for each one of us to study and to take heed, as scripture says, take heed to what is said in the word of God. I'm going to read a few verses uh, starting at verse 11 and we'll go on and read a few more verses from the book of Jude. So turn in your Bibles to Jude just before Revelation. I'm sure you should be able to find it by now and we'll start reading at verse 11. Woe unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. These are spots in your feasts of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit twice dead plucked up by the roots raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever and Enoch also the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. The Lord. He, they have spoken ungodly against him. The Lord. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words. Having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. Who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. Notice the number of times in that passage it says ungodly. 
haven't counted them, but there seem to be quite a few ungodly things taking place in that short passage. We spent a few weeks on verse 11. Jude has quite a bit to say about these false teachers. He speaks very frankly about these dreamers who are leading the churches astray. He uses many examples in seeking to describe their false teaching and their lifestyle, as we shall see. He speaks out, and he, we want to emphasise that those false teachers in his day will be repeated in our day. And this is a warning, this epistle, for us to be on our guard. So we move on to verse 12. These are spots in your feasts of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. These false evil dreamers are spots in your feasts of charity. I'll just read it again. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Instead of feeding the church the true bread of life, they are feeding themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Apparently these uh, feasts of charity, we're not talking about the Lord's Supper here. They were feasts held by churches where church members gathered to have some form of fellowship and some form of a meal. But instead of being a united meal where everything was shared, these feasts have degenerated into cliques and factions where those false teachers feasted and they kept to their own little group without sharing, feeding themselves without fear of man or God. These feasts had no authority from scripture but obviously somebody thought it was a good idea that they should all get together and have some fellowship. But eventually they were stopped. You know, we often think about spots. Teenagers hate spots. But you know, for the Israelites, spots had played a major role in their daily lives. If you go to Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 13, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. 
Leviticus chapter 13, and we look at just a couple of verses here. Verse 23. They're talking about spots that these Israelites uh, picked up and the priest had a job to examine these people who had these spots to see what the spot was and what was causing the spot to appear. It says... Uh, there are a few. You should read chapter 13 that shows all about the laws of leprosy. And leprosy in scripture is a type of sin in our lives. So verse 23 of Leviticus 13. But if the bright spot stay in his place and spread not, it is a burning boil and the priest shall pronounce him clean. That must have been a wonderful day for that person, thinking perhaps he had leprosy. The priest inspects him, and sometimes it comes back again after a few days and has another look at it. And this man was declared and pronounced clean. Verse 24. Or if there be any flesh in the skin whereof there is a hot burning, and the quick flesh that burneth have a white spot, a white bright spot, somewhat reddish or white, then the priest shall look upon it, and behold, if the hair in the bright spot be turned white, and it be in sight deeper than the skin, it is a leprosy broken out of the burning, whereof the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is the plague of leprosy. The spots were there on the outside because of the leprosy which was inside the body. And that is a typical example of sin. We are born in, with a sinful nature. And until that sinfulness in our lives is dealt with, we will demonstrate on the outside of our lives sin in our nature and so the Lord Jesus Christ came and died so that we might have eternal life and he took our sin upon himself on the cross of Calvary and we now can have eternal life in Jesus Christ Christ, it says in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanseth with the washing of water by the word. 
that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Quite often blemish and spots are mentioned together, without blemish and without spot. There's a wonderful passage in 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to read a good bit from this chapter because it's a wonderful chapter and it says things much better than I could ever say them. So we'll turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and we'll read from verse 1. It's a very practical chapter that Paul is writing here. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honour, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. These people here again will not consent to sound doctrine and they have corrupt and perverse minds. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought, not brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. That's what we've to endeavour to live lives like that. He says, man of God, woman of God,
Flee these things. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. He's talking to Timothy here. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Here's what he says. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen, nor can see, to whom be honour and power everlasting. Amen. Keep this commandment without spot. However, the spots in Jude, verse 12, the King James Version, are spillates, hidden, sunken rocks, which are betrayed by the surf beating over them, as we shall see when we look at verse 13. But these men, it goes on to say, are clouds without water, clouds without water, driven about of winds. In a country like Israel, water was always at a premium. Can you imagine a farmer wanting water for his flocks and animals, hoping for rain? Seeing clouds coming in on the winds, only they, to find they are clouds without water, completely useless. Such were these false teachers. The people wanted to be fed with the pure word of God, but instead they got nothing from these clouds without water. You know, if you have any children, and even for your own good, you should read First Kings chapter 17 and 18 today. I'm not going to read the whole of chapter 17 and 18, but if you have some children, there are two great chapters, two great stories, exciting stories, and uh, it'll do you good to read them as well. They'll enjoy this story. There was a serious drought, and the wicked king Ahab and his evil wife Jezebel blamed the prophet Elijah. The little bit of the story I just thought about what was when God decided that the drought was to stop. It had been going on for three years. And so 
at one stage Elijah had to uh, he was afraid of his own life and then he, he he hid and the birds came the ravens came where he was hiding and fed him and then eventually he came out of that hiding and he had a spiritual battle with these prophets of Baal who were run by Jezebel the evil queen and then God decided that the rains would come back again and he went and told King Ahab that God was now going to break the drought and there was going to be rain. He left the king and he and his servant, Elijah and his servant, went up Mount Carmel and started to look for any sign of rain coming. And we read in 1 Kings 18, Verse 43 And Elijah said to his servant Go up now Look toward the sea And he went up And looked And said There's nothing Then he said to him Go up again And again And again Seven times He kept the servant going up And that's Elijah prayed to God. came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. Just this little cloud that looked like a man's hand. And he said, Go up. Say unto Ahab, he told the servant to go back to the king, prepare your chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel in his chariot and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he girded up his loins wrapped his cloak, cloak around him and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel he kept up with the chariot God gave him the energy that day to do it the faith of Elijah in God was rewarded can one imagine if there had been no rain in the cloud the size of a man's hand? All Israel were blessed through God rewarding the faith of that great prophet. James 1, he was speaking, and he said, But let him ask, let a man ask, never wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven 
with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. These people are like waves of the sea blown about. Ephesians 4 and verse 14. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive many. What does it say in verse 12? These are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you feeding themselves without fear clouds they are without water carried about by winds and Ephesians says they are carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men cunning craftiness whereby they, whereby they lie in wait to deceive a very good description of what Jude says in verse 12. And now Jude switches his example. He goes on in verse 12. Trees, they're like trees, whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. I wonder was Jude thinking of Psalm 1. Turn to Psalm 1 in the Old Testament. Where we have something about trees. First one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now you've heard sermons, I'm sure, on this psalm. And they, they will tell you as they preach the gospel in the, this psalm, they start off, there's the, the man, he's walking with the counsel of the ungodly, and then he stands in the way of sinners, and then he sits in the seat of the scornful. First of all he's only walking with them. Then he's standing with them. And then he's sitting with them. But the godly man. His delight. Is in the law of the Lord. And in his law. Doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth. His fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. What were these men that Jude was talking about like? Trees whose fruit withereth, 
without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Here it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The difference between the godly men and those whose ways were evil, as described in Jude, verse 12. And then, the Lord knows, in verse 6 of Psalm 1, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now look at the end of verse 13. It says, For whom the gloom of deep darkness has been reserved forever. That's where they will end up, these false teachers. Now, we read verse 13. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. A while back, I watched a yacht at the mouth of the river. The couple on it did not appear to be very competent. And they were heading for a spot where I knew there were rocks just under the surface. Thankfully, at the last moment, they realized where they were, did a quick maneuver, and avoided disaster. These are some of the spots caused by these men. Sunken rocks, hidden by the foam and the, the waves, but just a constant danger to seamen, hidden and ready to cause harm. These are these wandering stars, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Those spots are the rocks hidden under the, just below the surface of the sea ready to cause disaster to any seaman. And the wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. We have seen since the beginning of verse 8, Jude begins to bring his list of people, leaders who are misusing their role and privileges for evil, rather than good. All of the previous, previous examples are fairly obvious. Filthy dreamers, natural beasts, those who are behaving like Cain, Balaam or Korah, even the waterless clouds, fruitless trees, 
Foaming waves are easily compared to human behavior. And now he says they're like wandering stars. How do we apply this illustration? Since the Creator made all things, he revealed word often his revealed word often provides insight about the true nature of the universe long before man discovered it. Apparently comets were observed in the Old Testament times. Today we know that they wander for some time but eventually they go into the blackness of darkness forever. These comets that are flying through our, our universe for some time they wander but eventually dissipate into the blackness of darkness forever. And just so these stars, these false teachers, they may excite some for a season, but they are reserved for an, an eternity in the darkness of hell. And that's our little talk for today. Let us beware of these false teachers who appear as something good, but they are clouds without water. Amen.